Happy Thursday. Yes, I said happy Thursday. I did not have a Wednesday show. I'll explain here in a second. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you decided to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day. My family and I greatly appreciate it. You found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the coverage of the uh, four major franchises of one major market, and that's Phoenix, Arizona. We do it a little bit differently. We do it from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover ASU football and ASU basketball to go along with it. And all of it presented by the unofficial presenting sponsor, Booyah Billings. Give them a checking out. Get some food, get a shake, fries, whatever you want to get. And uh, enjoy some fantastic customer service. Uh, Rico is the general manager. Him and his crew are fantastic. They will get you hooked up. Booyah Billings. Um... And you can go to other Muya locations as well. There are several throughout the United States and internationally, but uh, Muya Billings is is my preferred location. Um, full disclosure, I haven't been to the others, but I would put them up against the others. That, that they are absolutely fantastic. Um, but uh, hey, I hope hope you're doing good. Hope your Wednesday was good. Um, haven't uh. Uh, spoke to you uh, since uh, late uh, Tuesday. Um, did not have a show um, for a couple of reasons. One, um, uh, when I was going to uh, record Wednesday, uh, I everything that I wanted to talk about, uh, and mainly uh, D-backs, uh, the sound that I wanted to collect wasn't wasn't ready. Uh, that's, that's number one. Um, I didn't record, um, when I got off work because I got off work rather late. And so I was like, you know what? I will just wait and, um, until everything I I want, uh, is, is ready for, for both Diamondback games and, um, and then everything else I was going to do also, to pile on with it, so, um, it just, it's just how it worked out this, this, this go around, so I apologize that I didn't do anything Wednesday, uh, have a, a great show for, uh, for you today, um, and then everything should be back to normal, um, for, for tomorrow's show, so, um, still, unfortunately, only four shows, uh, for, for the week, but, um, that's just uh, how it goes. I uh, I probably won't do anything Saturday to make it make up for it, um, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see. But uh, yeah, um, this is uh, this is what's going on. Um, and uh, um, I guess if I want to throw in another reason is I put so much content um, in in my double down Tuesday. Uh, and some of it was like um, uh, early uh, Wednesday content, if that makes any sense. Um, I guess st- some stuff that I that was available, it, it w- you know, some of that being Cardinal and ASU stuff. Um, so you did get some some stuff that I could have used Wednesday. Um, that I ended up using uh, Tuesday, 
instead during the Double Down Tuesday. So, um, anyway, you're you're not missing out on um, content for for the days. Uh, you're just missing out on a day's worth of podcasting, if that makes any sense. Um, but uh, I guess uh, seven forty five. Uh, PM is going to be my new five o'clock for me on, on Wednesday, because, uh, if you remember me talking about it, uh, a week ago, um, last Wednesday, I, uh, stayed over to, uh, help the team out. Um, the team being the digital team at, at Walmart and, uh, uh, they needed me to do it again uh, yesterday, so I did. Um, and uh, it, it's just the way it happened, so I, uh, that being back-to-back Wednesdays, we'll see what happens uh, this upcoming Wednesday, but uh, it, was, uh, um, it, it's, it was pretty brutal. Um, but, hey, I, I'll, I'll take the extra money. Um, and I appreciate them, you know, giving me the opportunity to do so. And, um, I guess trusting me to, um, to stay and, and not do it half-heartedly. Um, I, I, I think that, that, that means a lot, uh, to me. Um, but, uh, other than that, I, nothing crazy eventful yesterday, just, uh, just a little bit of a long, long day, and I needed uh, needed to recoup uh, from that, and uh, um, I just uh, that's kind of more as to why I didn't do anything uh, after I got to work um, because I think I got home around um, eight fifteen, which is not too late. But uh, like I said, it was just it was an exhausting work day, so I was like, you know what, I'll uh, I'll have everything I need uh, for certain, and uh, get on the mic early uh, in in the a.m. like I normally would, and so here you go, you we have a, a, a episode ready to rock and roll for you all day today. So, um. Uh, sound credits. Uh, we have uh, two uh, DBEX games to talk about, and uh, that's uh, going to be courtesy of uh, DBEX.com. Um, and then uh, uh, AZCardinals.com for the Jonathan Gannon, DJ Humphreys, and uh, Keetra Clark. Um, and then 98.7. Um, uh, Arizona Sports gives us uh, uh, Dan Bickley's blast with, uh, you know, obviously commentary from uh, and opinions from uh, Vince from the uh, Bickley and Murata show on uh, a uh, Cardinals topic that I'll kind of do to wrap up that segment. And so that's uh, from their YouTube page. I'll get that. And then Sun Devil Source gives us uh, Kenny Dillingham from after practice uh, yesterday. And then uh, 98.7 uh, Arizona Sports, their YouTube page, gives us a 
uh, a general NBA topic uh, that I um, obviously because the Suns are in the NBA will kind of you know make it Suns slash you know in, in, an NBA topic to to wrap up the show um, and so uh, from their YouTube page we we'll, we get that um, but uh, anyway uh, that is everything. Uh, um, sound credit wise, we'll uh, get into Diamondbacks um, right uh, right after this on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the cheddar bacon barbecue burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. I was able to give a little bit of a D-backs update during Tuesday's show um, in which uh, the Diamondbacks uh, were winning. Um, and then by the tail of the by tail end of the show, they started losing, but they pulled out the win uh, to the final score of eight to five o- over the Rockies. And then they won yesterday as well to win the series which is exactly what they needed to do um, against uh, the Padres. Uh, Padres who actually they'll face uh, um, this the, this weekend, um, actually starting today. So uh, we'll get into more of that here in just a, just a second. But uh, um, both those series, you need a sweep, but at bare minimum – Win, win the series, which they did, and uh, um, it, it was good. Uh, and especially off of another bullpen game, uh, Diamondbacks have had a couple of them uh, this uh, season. And uh, Ginkle uh, gets the win, and Seawald gets the save. Um, Joe Mantiply started off, uh, pitched one inning, Zeros across the board and uh, ended up uh, or now has a 6.86 ERA on the season. Um, And then a uh, rookie, uh, Bryce Jarvis, uh, came in relief, pitched three innings, um, gave up uh, one hit, one on a run. He walked one and struck out three. So a solid performance from him in a long relief, uh, an ERA of three right on the dot. 
Gilbert uh, pitched one and two thirds, give up three hits, one earned run, and struck out two, a 4.86 ERA. Uh, Frias, um, one and a, a third, uh, three hits as well. Uh, unfortunately, three earned runs, uh, walked one, no strikeouts, a 5.82 ERA. And then uh, Ginkle uh, pitched an inning, struck out one, 2.06. Seawald got the save, pitched one, gave up three hits, but no earned runs, no walks, and a strikeout, 3.26 ERA uh, is Patrick Seawald. That's how it went completely bullpen um, and very, very solid. The, and the uh, bats were um, were alive. Um, Diamondbacks, eight runs on 14 hits, no errors. Colorado, uh, five runs on 10 hits, uh, two errors um, for the Rockies. Quintel Marte as a DH. Uh, went one for four. Corbin Carroll, uh, one for four. Tommy Pham, two for five. Uh, Christian Walker with a home run, one for four. Lourdes Gurriel, two for five. Um, Buddy Kennedy, uh, one for two. Uh, Jace Peterson as a pinch hitter, one for two. Uh, Gabby Moreno, 0 for five. Nick Ahmed, two for three. Uh, Alec Thomas, one for one as a pinch hitter. And uh, Perdomo, two for four. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's how that game went down. And here is uh, some highlights. There's two down. Tommy Pham, the right fielder tonight. Tommy flied out his first time. As the 1-1 is grounded sharply up the middle. And it's in their center field, a base hit, a two-out single. And that's the fourth hit against Ty Block. Blocked on a lot of pitches down in the strike zone. Christian Walker, though, a big night last night. And the pitch is swung on, towards right center field. Long run, Doyle turns, looks, and that is a bank shot. Into the bullpen for the Diamondbacks. Two-run home run for Walker is 26, and it's a 2-0 lead for the Snakes. Second and third, one out. Charlie Blackman coming up, a base hit, potentially ties it up. And that ball hard to first. Walker thought about coming home. Tolio will score on the ground out by Charlie. 2-1, to one, Diamondbacks have the lead, and we've been watching Bryce Jarvis make his major league debut. I'm here with the family. I have dad Kevin, 12 years in the big leagues as well. It, it doesn't start with baseball. It just starts with the young man he is. And uh, from a young age, we talked about what it means to compete and be a competitor and not be afraid to fail. And he's embraced that ever since a young age, and so that's probably what I would say. See what Ryan McMahon could do. Infield is still in with one out. He's got to find a way to get Charlie home. And a bouncing ball. Here comes Charlie. No play for a bat. It's tied up. Well, if he was going to hit it on the ground, he hit the right kind of ground ball. Diamondbacks have two in scoring position for Christian Walker. And he will take. Snap throw to third. They throw it away. Down the left field line. Perdomo is going to score. Marte getting the wave around. Here's the throw to the plate. And Nolan Jones throws a missile to get Marte at home. 
what on earth was this seventh inning? Somehow, the Diamondbacks score a run. 3-2 Diamondbacks. So Michael Tolley a chance to drive in Jones and tie this thing up. The 0-2 pitch. She has hit the gap in left center field. That's going to drive the run in. It'll get to the wall. Jones scores easily. Michael Tolia ties the game up at three. Here's Brenton Doyle with that runner at first and two outs with the pitch to Doyle. And he hits that right to left field. Going back is Gurriel. It's gone. The rookie hits his eighth home run of the year to break the tie. And it's another typical Diamondbacks-Rockies game. Not much happening. Marte Carroll Pham with runners at second and third and nobody out. There's a swing, ground ball, base hit right field. And three batters into the ninth. We are tied at five. And here is Tommy Pham. Pham broken bat down the line. Ferris headed for the corner. Tommy Pham gives the D-backs the lead. Here's Lourdes Gurriel. Lourdes up the middle. That gets into center. Here comes Tommy. Gurriel makes it seven to five. Another clutch hit. As it's now an 8-5 lead. Ezekiel Tovar is a 400 hitter this season with the bases loaded. Into right center, here comes Corbin Carroll, he's got it, and the Diamondbacks have got the win. They get five in the ninth to come back and take an eight to five. A fantastic uh, performance in the ninth to win a game that was absolutely necessary. And then uh, yesterday, uh, they won again. Uh, nine to seven over the Rockies, and that uh, yesterday's win puts them one game above five hundred, uh, which uh, is is good because during the Padres, uh, those uh, that series win put them right at five hundred, um, and then they lost the first game to the Rockies um, and put them uh, below. 500 and now they are back one game above 500 and it's uh Kyle Nelson with the win and Seawald with the save uh again uh for um D-backs uh Slade goes uh four innings uh, four hits, two earned runs, three walks, four strikeouts, 3.48 ERA. Uh, Tyler Gilbert again, uh, two thirds of an inning, two hits, one earned run, uh, 5.19 ERA. Frias, uh, a third of an inning, walked two, struck out one, 5.71 ERA. Um, and Miguel Castro has has not been good of late. Um, went four hits or gave it four hits, four earned runs in that, and two strikeouts, four point five zero ERA. Um, Kyle Nelson, uh, one inning, uh, two hits. That's all he gave up, and three point oh nine ERA. And Ginkle pitched an inning, struck out two, two point oh two ERA. And Seawald gets the save, pitched an inning, gave up only one hit, um, two strikeouts, 3.19 ERA for Seawald. Uh, Diamondbacks get the 9-7 win. Cattell Marte goes one for five. Um, Kyle Lewis has a DH two for four. Uh, Tommy Pham, one for three. Christian Walker, three, th- three for three. A perfect 
night with two home runs is Christian Walker. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, 0 for 2. Corbin Carroll, 2 for 3. Buddy Kennedy, 1 for 3. Uh, Perdomo, I had a plate appearance, but uh, nothing doing really. Um, and then Nick Ahmed, 1 for 4. Alec Thomas, 0 for 3. And Herrera, uh, 1 for 3. So um, that would be uh, nine runs on 12 hits. Colorado had seven runs on 13 hits. Uh, Back-to-back games with double-digit hits are the Diamondbacks, and this is how um, this one went down. I think the D-backs would really like to see Kyle really get untracked. There's some slug. That's down the line. Extra bases for Kyle Lewis. It checks up in the corner, and Kyle has a one-out double. Well, here comes Christian Walker, who has had a tremendous series now with 26 home runs on the year. Walker might have got under this one. Will it carry out of here? Profar looking up, and he's done it again. Christian Walker's third consecutive game with a home run in Colorado, and it's 2-0 Diamondbacks. So now there's two outs and nobody on. Man, 19 homers, 60 RBIs. This ball's well hit to right. This has a chance to fly, and it will. Ryan McMahon with his 20th of the year, and he makes it a 2-1 ball game. Tying run at third, go-ahead run at second. It's McMahon at the plate. His homer in the first inning, the Rockies run. A one pitch. Lined into right field, that's a base hit. Tovar scores, Profar will be held at third. Ryan McMahon, his second run batted in. The game tied at two. To third. And on the transition was dropped, Marte. And safe at the plate. Colorado has taken a 3-2 lead. Tommy Pham's at third. Christian Walker's at second base. Corbin Carroll's at first. Buddy with a chance right here to get the lead right back. He walked in the tying run. It's 3-3. Love it. This is exactly what the D-backs need. Get a little rally going. Take some pitches. Chance to put a big crooked number on the board. They have answered back with one. And here is Nick Ahmed 0-2. Nick first pitch swing and lifts it deep right center. That ball is carrying, it's carrying, and Nick Ahmed hits it high off the wall. Everybody's on the move. Ahmed is coming home. He's going to go all the way around, and he is out at home. Three runs come in. Good run for the Diamondbacks here in the sixth. Two outs, two on. Right, and out away from getting out of the inning. Rogers with a double, a walk, and a fielder's choice. This ball pulled toward left, and Tommy Pham's not going to be able to catch this one. One hop off the wall. One run is scored. Tobar flying toward the plate. Here's the throw. Cut off. Six to five on the double by Brendan Rogers. And the back and forth affair continues. Jones a walk, and then two fly ball outs to center today. And this ball is tagged. Deep right field. Way back. Have taken a 7 6 lead. How about that, Nolan Jones? 
and Colorado gets four of their own in the bottom half of this sixth inning. And here we go again. And the Diamondbacks got the tying run aboard here to start the eighth inning. Oh, this is the guy you want at the plate. Christian Walker can do no wrong when he comes to Coors Field. They can't get him out. Christian hits it up in the air. It's carrying to center. Doyle back it up to the track, to the wall. And that one's in the bullpen. Christian Walker has done it again in Colorado. His fourth home run in this series. Oh, my goodness, is he hot. That it was fantastic for uh, Christian Walker. Absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, I just talked about a guy that has not been uh, been fantastic, and that is uh, Miguel Castro. Um, during the um, during the game, the Burns and Gambo show was going on, um, and I, I wasn't going to play this. So I'm like, you know what? I just changed my mind during those those highlights, especially reading about it. The Diamondbacks had the lead, and Castro lost them the lead. They're you know seven uh, six, I believe it was uh, when he exited. Uh, you wouldn't need a Diamondbacks rally if it wasn't uh, for him. And, uh, you know, uh, Gambo just has a rant, and he is not happy about Miguel Castro, who I believe has the the highest or one of the highest ERAs uh as a uh, relief pitcher for the Diamondbacks. And um, I think he's going to be with the Diamondbacks for, you know, one extra year. And um, Gambo does not like that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So here is, uh, uh, courtesy of Arizona Sports, their YouTube page uh, on the Burns and Gambo show, just a little little bit of a rant from Gambo on Castro, who, well, uh, gave up the lead. I, I, I gotta say this. I said okay, this to you. I said this to you. I said something to you during the break, and I just want to I want to stop everything we're doing and just say this to you. I said to you during the break, I go, I can't believe that they want to keep Castro. Like I said, I can't believe that they want to keep the Diamondbacks want to keep Castro. Oh wow. Okay, this, this guy's this, this guy's garbage. This topic change is brought to you by the auction community. Yeah, because watch. Look. Look what he just did. And I said, I can't believe they want to pay this guy $5 million to come back. I can't believe it. But what I've been told is the Diamond. Oh, we figured him out. We figured him out. He just can't pitch in the eighth and ninth innings. No, he can't pitch at all. He sucks. <laughs> he can't pitch. They're going to, like, they need to designate him for assignment today. Because if he has, like, two more starts, he vests at, like, five million bucks. For next year. Yeah. I've asked that, like, you want to pay this guy five million dollars next year? Yeah, yeah, we got him. We got him figured out. We, we got him figured out. He just can't pitch in the eighth and ninth inning. Guess what? It's the sixth it's inning. The sixth he sixth still inning. can't pitch. Maybe he saw the number upside down and got scared. <laughs> Maybe no, no, did. they got him. They got him all figured out. He just can't use him in the eighth or ninth. Uh, it's the sixth inning. Oh, I think he just gave oh, up a long God. ball, Oh, my God. D-backs yep. are losing. He, he just gave up oh, the go-ahead home run. He just gave up to, to... Get him out of here! Oh, there it is. There it is. I just said to Burns, I swear I swear to you, I swear. What did I say to you during the break? Exactly what you just said I can't the believe they want to pay this bum $5 million. The things that you just... Yell, I said that to him during the break. Before he even got... Before I, this evening started, I said to Burns, I go, 
I can't believe they want to pay that bump $5 million. He goes, I, yeah, they, they, they think they figured him out. They think as long as they don't pitch him in the eighth and ninth inning, they've got something with him. He just gave up four runs in the sixth. Which now makes this the third time I've had to hear this rant as compared to everybody else who's only heard it twice now. Yeah, yeah, you told well, where me they, where, the did they, where do they go from Colorado? What's the next step? Next San, Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Leave them in Colorado. <laughs> Leave them there. No beach time for you. <laughs> no San Diego for you. <laughs> time Just back. leave him in Colorado. Time of losing right now, seven to six. God, you blew it! <laughs> I actually swear, like it's incredible. We just had this conversation before the inning started. Uh... I can't believe they want to pay. If he pitches like two more times, he automatically gets like five million for next year. Okay, I'm done. You sure? <sighs> um, have I ever shared with you the four, seven, eight method to breathe to calm yourself down? No. In for four, hold for seven, out for eight. In for four, hold for seven, out for eight. I think it would do you wonders, man. I really do. In for four, hold for seven, out for eight. Wait, how do you do it? In for, in? Okay, one, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, He eight. still sucks! Oh, come on! He I'm still sucks, it. even with the four, seven, eight! <laughs> My God! Yeah. Uh, somebody go check with Connie. Make sure the defibrillator in the break room is charged. God. Uh, I'm sensing we're going to need it today. Defibrillator all charged. Trust me, up, I want to tell everybody out there. I have tried to get them to get rid of this guy. I really have. I've so tried. So don't blame don't you. Don't blame me. Don't blame you. Don't blame like, me. I've tried to. I've tried to get rid of him. No, I really have. Stop. I have tried to get him off this roster. Wait, you mean you mean to tell me the Diamondbacks have the audacity not to listen to you when it comes to making roster decisions? How dare they? I thought that's why they had so many Italians, so Stop. I'm shocked they're not I, listening. Honest to God, I, I just, I mean, don't they know who they're talking to? It's you. you He's got have the power to decide cake for an entire birth month, but he can't Seriously. figure out the pictures? He, he can go in and get cannoli cake for the entire staff during November, but you can't get rid of them. You can't get them to get rid of Miguel Castro. Not for the lack of trying. <laughs> I question Not for the luck. I question your power in this world, Gamble. I really do. Because if you can I question it too. force cannoli cake on all of us in the month of your birthday. You can certainly get the Arizona Diamondbacks not to have Miguel Castro pitch two more innings and have that contract I mean, I've had these conversations. Like, do you really want to pay this guy five million dollars next year? <laughs> five million. All right, we good. <clears throat> you know, Keytrail, as you mentioned. Oh God, what happened now? What 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 are you what what happened? What are you doing? What's Herrera tried to run out a double, got thrown out by <laughs> Shut fall. the TV. I swear you got to shut the TV. I can't no, do the show. I can't shut off I the TV. I I, I'm I in the information to... business. I have to pass along the information to the people. I'm not even looking at the TV. I'm trying to have a conversation with Gambo, and all I see is Gambo throwing his head into his hands as hard as he possibly can. It actually made a sound run, on the air. Could you hear it? You're out by 20 feet. Could you could... run a 6, 7, 40-yard dash? <laughs> Why are you trying to get to second base? You're a chubby little catcher. The hell are you thinking trying to get the second base? Wow. We've, we've resorted to calling people fat now. Oh, I mean, I'm that's, sorry. That's that's like, what, you're not that's fast. What, that's what this show is devolved to. We're, we're calling people names at this he's point. He's just, I'm not, he's, I didn't say, I'm just saying you're, you're called you're, him chubby. a chunky little catcher. You're like, him chubby. Okay, that's not bad. Not, I didn't say he was fat. I just said he's chunky. Little, little, trust me. So on behalf of all fat people out there, when somebody calls you chubby, when somebody calls you husky, when somebody calls you big boned, 
It's basically slang for fat, right? Like, it's basically a code I word for... I don't want to call him that. I mean, I, he's slow. He's uh, slow. Okay. He's I slow. Just say you use the word chubby. He's a slow-running catcher, and he's trying to get a double out of... Get him out of here! Oh, boy. I, 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 this game's You're going to have a focus game. problem today. I can tell, I right? Gonna... You know what I think you need? Yeah. More pie. <laughs> I think you need... I think you need more pie. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna watch this Indianapolis Buffalo preseason game right <laughs> now on the okay. right. I'm just telling you right now. That's all I'm gonna watch. Love you, respect you. <clears throat> I enjoy working with you. I, I'm not turning the television to a different channel. I'm not. It's stuck there. We're watching this game. Man, <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> it's pain. I and I do it out of love because I love the Diamondbacks. They're my favorite team in Arizona. <laughs> I love the Diamondbacks. They are my favorite team in the state. I I I'm, I get Joan Jets. I hate myself for loving you going through my head right now. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, if we can pry Gambo's attention away from a disastrous Diamondbacks game today up in Coors Field. Yeah, I, I think they deserve that uh, that little bit of rant. I mean, they win, but yeah, you you know, it, it's been little things that. Uh, Gambo mentioned and he was upset about as to why the Diamondbacks have been on a on a losing streak as to why you know they lo- they've been losing s- some of the these close games throughout the whole season not just during this stretch um, by just just this much and I'm holding up my fingers you know uh, less than an inch that that's that's how uh, some of these games are being lost by but by the little things that uh um took place um during uh during that sixth um so yeah um that's everything uh diamondbacks they uh uh play the padres uh starting today tonight 7 40 p.m um it will be uh zach gallon uh, the righty against Rich Hill, the lefty for um, the Padres. And this is a four-game set, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, that That's uh, all of it. We'll, we'll obviously talk about um, today's game uh, for Friday's show. And then, of course, we'll catch you up with uh, um, Friday's game. Uh, Saturday's game and Sunday's game on um, Monday slash our Double Down Tuesday show. Um, I, I'm gonna try to get you know some more Monday shows, but it, it's it's rough after busy, busy, busy Sundays, and then you know I'm if uh, I don't work, eat not even on the podcast on Sundays, and so. I uh, get out of it by technicality waiting for midnight. And if I do a show at midnight and it ends up being a longer show, I'm cutting into my sleep um, for work on Monday. And uh, that's that's some of the reason. But uh, we, we'll definitely uh, get them uh, covered. But Zach Gallen takes the mound today against the Padres, a four-game set for the weekend. Uh, we will jump to Cardinals up next on Big Sky Sports Talk.
media availability for the Cardinals uh, was yesterday. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, DJ Humphreys, and Keetro Clark all spoke to the media. Um, and uh, so we'll get it kicked off with uh, um, JG. And uh, getting getting more and more ready and more of a, a game plan, if you will, um, against the uh, the Chiefs this Saturday. Opportunity does a team with so much consistent success in the preseason like the Chiefs present for your team? Uh, I mean, yeah, really good football team, obviously. Um, excited for the challenge. It's going to be a good uh, stepping stone for us with what we have to improve. And uh, looking forward to getting on the grass. How much do you think of us not get caught up in playing the Chiefs and just more focused on us getting better and the team and doing what we can control? All of that, honestly. You know, we don't do the full mode of game planning in preseason. We're more working on we're still installing, um, still getting our operations correct, all those things. But they know that we got a really good football team coming in here, so we better be buttoned up. How did you feel? Uh, you talked about Clark the other day. How did you feel Christian Matthew did? Really good. Really good. Yeah, I thought he had some good snaps. You know, he's lined up on Sutton a couple times and stayed in good position, played with proper technique, made a couple plays. Thought he had a good game. Yes, Kent, that's 15 grand in our, in our team meeting right there. 15 grand right there. And that would be the max. Beginning to end over the course of the game, what do you think Clayton Toon learned about the NFL? Uh, the details that you got to be right all the time to have yourself, to give yourself a successful chance to have a good play. Um, and I think that uh, just the improvement of d all different things with playing quarterback, he knows he has to improve on him to, to have the, op the offense operate in a, in a good way. So excited to see him go. Uh, he had a good day yesterday. Today we got some stuff in um, that we're going to try to confuse him a little bit on defense, but uh, he's doing a good job. What do you think about your depth outside linebacker? Uh, I like it. I like all. The, I like where all those guys are at. Is that that you want as a rotation, or you want a couple yeah, guys to I, emerge? I kind of like. I mean, yeah, you obviously want guys to emerge and be your premier players, but. You know, <clears throat> even when you have premier players, those big guys up front, you don't want to wear those guys down. So you guys will see if they're up on game day, they'll play. Do you like the process of having the competition and, and trying to figure out who the, the guy is to maybe be the starter or whatever it might be? Or would you prefer that it was so cut and dry that a lot of those decisions were made for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I like competition. There's always competition everywhere. I love competition. I think it brings the best out of players and coaches. So. I, I love it. Is the expectation to give Toon a similar workload this week, or how different is it? Yeah, this? we'll see. We're kind of evaluating that right now. Good question, Tyler. We'll, we'll kind of develop each individual plan and, and kind of go from there. But um, he'll get his opportunities. Are you, uh, you, you've talked about having a plan for, for Zach Ertz. Do you, do you feel like there's a chance he could play in the preseason? Or would you rather have him wait for the regular season? We'll see. We, we got a long way to go with him about that. But um, obviously, the guy's played a lot of ball, and we'll do what's best for our team first, and then Zach second. And he's on board with that. He looked good out there yesterday. He came down with a little bit of a cold, so you guys aren't going to see him out there today. I think his wife and kid were sick and passed it to him. So uh, 
he's going to miss today. But uh, he had a good day, and he, it was good to, oh, man, I got pads on for the first time in a while. You know, he was a little sore, but uh, he uh, he's ready to go. He looked good yesterday. He might be one of those guys, and, and if you remember from uh, Tuesday's show, um, the question was asked from Jonathan Gannon, were, will there be any guys uh, that won't see preseason at all? And he said, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I think uh, it's a possibility that I, I think um, Zach Ertz might be one of those guys he's referring to. And that's kind of an easy yes. Obviously, Kyler, you know, won't see any preseason. Um, but I think, you know, it's understood that, hey, the guys that are available, you're, you're James Conner and and, and uh, Buda Baker and, and guys like that, um, I, yeah, I think um, it's possible that those guys won't see it. Um, but if you want to get out on a, a technicality, Zach Ertz might be one, but he does need the reps because he hasn't played in a bit. Um, but I did find that interesting how, uh, and I didn't mention it from Tuesday, but, you know, he said, yeah, there'll be guys that we won't play during preseason. And it makes sense. I, I'm sure it's veteran guys. I'm sure it's guys that, uh, um, you know, don't necessarily need the reps and you're trying to figure out, um, you know, some rotation and depth pieces uh, that are behind said players. Um, and, uh, you already know what you have in, in them. Um, and then of course the risk of injury, um, being, being, a, uh, one of those things, but we'll see what happens with, uh, with Zach Ertz. I would personally like to see him. And I, I think he definitely, like I said, needs, needs the reps. Um, I don't think, uh, it will be this game probably, uh, their third preseason game. I would I would assume we'll see Zach Ertz. It's hard hard to tell. That first game, you guys got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. How much of a trickle down effect does that have on the backside of the defense? I was talking to Boot about it. His eyes lit up. He's like, yeah, that's Yeah, rush and cover, cover and rush. They go together. You know what I mean? When people talk about sacks, normally the back end's playing really good. You know what I mean? Because they got people covered and quarterback's first look isn't there. That goes into pre and post snap, what you know, all eleven guys are doing affecting the quarterback. It's not just one guy, one group. Uh, it's all 11 out there, and we have to put them in position to do that. So they understand that. They've done a good job with that. we got to clean up some things as far as when we need to play with a little more air, when we need to play with a little less air. But I like how they're improving that part of their game. That off of puck now, when do you anticipate your quarterback coming off of puck? Not sure. How do you assess your interior O-line right now, especially center and left guard where things stand? Yeah, like where all those guys are at. I like the competition there. I think they're, um, you know, getting comfortable with each other. You'll see some guys in and out today and tomorrow and the next game and, you know, against uh, Kansas City. And then when we go to Minnesota, it'll be a little bit different, but I like where they're at. You saw a lot of explosion out of those those guys up front on your O-line uh, on their one-on-ones, just taking their guy and shredding them off the field. How much do you like that this early? Love it. You know, we want to be physical and tough and move people. In the run game, you know, you got to create displacement to give the back angles to hit different holes. So I thought it was pretty good. Bob, don't think I'm going to let that slide now. We already had a $15,000 fine for a phone. That's a $5,000 fine for being late. Go ahead. 
Uh, <laughs> I think it was up to him. He would like, hey, you gonna have your phone ring? Out. Yeah, I don't know if the Cardinals uh, will do that. I guess, I guess media relations can. Um, I I know. Uh, I I think they can. You know, you're late to uh, uh, a uh, press pass. Uh, media availability, they they don't have to let you in. I've heard of that. Uh, I don't know about kicking you out as soon as you have a, a phone ring or something go off that interrupts it. Um, but you can just tell in so many instances where, uh, you know, though he says a lot of things that make guys laugh, I think he's dead serious on some of this stuff. Um, and uh, he... You know, he likes to have fun and he does joke and he rips on himself and, you know, and, and makes jokes and call calls uh, players out, calls media out, um, clearly. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't know. It might be something to, to pay attention to. Now, if it happens, uh, you know, again, do we, you know, do we kind of see him lean to, um, to, um, gosh, I cannot remember uh, his his name right now. He's a, a um, vice president of media relations. Uh, Mark Dalton. He leans to Mark and you know tries to gesture to have these guys taken out. But there was you know the first one. He you know he had a little a face like I'm gonna get you know and cracked a smile. That one he was dead serious and moved on to the next question. Um, and, uh, I don't know. He, he controls the room. He, every instance controls the room. And that's what you like about Jonathan Gannon amongst most, uh, everything else that, that we talk about on the show. Yeah, he had a little residual effect from the game. So we're going to be smart with him. What about, uh, Jeff Driscoll? Uh, a little bit of residual f- effect from practice. So we're going to be smart with him too. Think we'll see B.J. Ujolari this week in preseason game? Uh, not sure yet. Um, you know, we're going to be smart with him. I, I need to see some things from him in practice before I feel comfortable putting him in, out in a game. L.J. Collier talked to us yesterday and said he got an interesting story, and he's looking at this as a, a new start, new slate. And he said that you guys talked to him and, and had an idea for him. Can you maybe share a little bit what you think of yeah, just, you know, kind of with all our players, but, um, you know, knowing how they used them in Seattle for, you know, what they thought was best for their team, we're using them a little bit differently for what we think is best for our team and then for him. Um, he's done a really good job of, you know, taking on that responsibility and playing with some different techniques that he hasn't played with since he's been in the NFL. Um, I like where his game is at. He's, he's, a, he's a mean guy with a high motor. I like that. Is he a sack guy? I think all of it. With Cole having so much experience, what do you look for in the practice reps and in the game, the game snaps? Just like all our quarterbacks, command, um, operation, production. Cole did say that you wanted the guys to use this week as kind of a get into your regular season routine, find that. Can you give us more insight on that? Yeah, we just set up practice like we're still in training camp. So the practices weren't, you know, we're not running cars. We're not doing, you know, versus scouts, anything like that. But the day was set up 
Um, these, this whole week was set up with, you know, week one moving forward in mind. So we wanted to get them in that cadence and that routine, knowing that when we go to Minnesota, it'd be completely different. The week after would be completely different. But truthfully, wanted to dry run it for the players a little bit to get in their routines, what they need to do to get ready to play you know, from Monday morning till Sunday kickoff. And then for the coaches too, you know, cause we already changed and tweaked a few things. I was thinking to myself, why did I make that decision in, in June? That was wrong. So um, we, uh, we tweaked some things, but uh, it's gonna be similar today. What you see will be similar to yesterday. And then tomorrow will be a little bit of a shorter day. We get them out of here. And then Saturday we'll have meetings and and walk through, and then you either fly somewhere or you know you go to the team hotel and you go play on Sunday, Saturday this week obviously. Drew's going up to the booth. He said this week. Uh, how about Nick? Uh, you got to ask him. I don't know what he's going to do. I think he's staying down though. How comfortable would you say Isaiah Simmons is right now in that deep? Real comfortable. Yeah, real comfortable. I think I, we gave him some things to work on this week. It showed up yesterday to make more plays. Um, but uh, I think as far as from a standpoint of being in the right spot, making the right calls, finishing with the correct leverage, um, you know, hitting his landmarks where his eyes are, his body positioning, his reaction time, he's doing a good job with it. When you guys first got here, what were your initial impressions of Antonio Hamilton? Uh, smart, tough, versatile, good teammate. Does anything jump out to you about Owen Papo besides the speed? Uh, yeah, he's violent. Physical, violent. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play these next couple of weeks. All right. Um, totally preference uh, based from what I understand, whether your um, coordinators are calling plays on the field or up in a booth. Obviously, Drew is going to be in a, in a booth for Saturday's game. And I think probably after that he'll make his decision on where he's going to be um, uh, kind of permanently. I don't see him, you know, swapping back and forth. I guess if he he feels like he called a better game and, you know, the outcome is a win, I guess it's hard to tell. I guess I don't know what you, what you do in that situation because players and coaches, they're very superstitious. So – if he calls a game and they lose, he's like, nope, nope, on the on the field I go. Uh, I don't know what Nick's going to do. Obviously, he said you have to ask him. Um, But I, I think I wouldn't mind Nick Rollis doing the same thing, figuring out where he feels more comfortable and in the zone. You know, the whole look good, um, uh, feel good, play good kind of kind of thing. Um, same thing with coaching. Now, it, I guess if I gave my opinion, and, and I'm about to, I guess, um, that you can, I think because of being a coordinator, I wonder if it, to me, I feel like it makes more sense to call from the field because you can kind of uh, address some things in between series. Unless you're going to leave that up to your assistants and, and, and position coaches to, you know, because oftentimes, you know, in between series when, you know, offensive coordinators uh, 
not calling plays because the defensive coordinator is because your defense is out and you're not out. You'll you know the camera will catch the OC or and or DC you know talking to a couple of guys. Um, you know, for instance, Kyler can go up to Drew and you know let him, you know let him know what 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 they're seeing after a a, a three and out. It's a lot difficult. I mean, I guess they can communicate via headset or whatever and, and other means. Um, but that, that that interaction is so much different. So it will, you know, obviously you, you want them comfortable because if they're comfortable, then they're probably going to call a better game and it'll be better for the team. But I sometimes, you know, I really feel like it's better for the players and that that interaction that I just mentioned for them to be on on the field I you know I but I've never done it I have asked a, a friend of mine what he preferred and um he said uh up in the booth uh and he gave me a a, a list of reasons why um my my friend uh, Matt Cherry um, is who I'm referring to. He he uh he not really a DC, but other um um positions. He's he's coached um for his I believe his alma mater. Um, with which that's pretty cool. And uh, so and he had his his reasons for it. And um, so I you know it, it obviously is up to preference um so uh it'd be interesting to see you know what they decide and uh especially if if nick uh switches it up himself all right we'll go ahead and move on to dj humphreys who also spoke to the media yesterday you weren't out there last weekend do you do want to get snaps in a preseason game or does it matter to you at this point in your career oh Mixed emotions, honestly. If you ask me, it depends on what day of the week you ask me, honestly. You know? Emotions. I don't know. I genuinely just, uh, something about the preseason, playing in the preseason <laughs> makes you a little antsy. I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever liked it at any point, ever liked it. But I do appreciate the reps. I guess it's good to get out there and get those reps and kind of knock that rust off and not really have to worry about trying to do it during the season, kind of gradually work to it. But yeah, mixed emotions for sure guys that you can look at and say, these guys are going to be okay, if, if even if they don't get a preseason game yeah. now. Yeah, right? yeah. That's why I said, that's why, and that's, I think that's why I'm, I'm kind of mixed emotions about it, because like, I think that about myself, but then also it's like, oh, I would like to punch somebody and take a set and like see if what I'm thinking is, is spot on before we get to where it actually counts, you know what I mean? So that's why I said, it makes emotions. I appreciate the, the, JG them taking care of me that first game and just kind of, you know what I mean, kind of let me ease into it. But it's it's definitely uh, mixed emotions for sure. I think, like I said, I think it's I think it's important and for a lot of guys though, for sure. Even like I said, even for me, just that little mental thing is still a big deal. I think, and I'll give my opinion on this, similar to you know the booth thing. You know the the risk of an injury is the biggest reason and uh, why you know that's. Part of the reason why they cut it from four preseason games to three, but they still wanted that the total games played at twenty. You know they upped the regular season, you know from uh, sixteen to seventeen, 
You know, so they still have the same amount of games played. It's just one, one more regular season, one less preseason. No, nothing really changes as far as total games. Uh, but I, I if I think if I coach and there will never be a day that I'm a coach or a GM, I would like everybody to at least get get a series. You know, um, one three and out, or or if you drive all the way down and. Um, get a touchdown offensively, or unfortunately, drive off. They drive against you, and they get a touchdown. Um, defensively, uh, you know, one series, you know, I think is is pretty sufficient. Um, I think uh, if if it's a quick three and out, maybe two series would you know to further knock off the rust. Um, but it, it's a it's a catch twenty two, and you you can kind of you know hear it in DJ's response, you know you, and then also it's kind of like you never want to say oh I you know I I'm admitting that I don't need any reps, I'm good enough. I I hate that mentality because I don't think you're ever good enough. You know you should always strive to be better, especially in sports, but just not in just in sports, but in life, always looking to be better, always uh, improving. I say um, this all the time, that the moment you uh, become unteachable, you're, you know, I don't want to use such harsh language, but you're useless, you know. Well, you feel like you know it all, and he's like, oh, I can't learn anything. Then, you know, what good are you? But I, I think you should always, you know, do your best to remain teachable. And, uh, you know, in, in sports, it's to get better. The only way to get better at football is to play football. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. Preseason game, but you, but, but you win a game. It, it, it sounded like you guys were pretty happy. Obviously, the celebration yeah. after the touchdown, that looked pretty genuine. Like, what does it mean to, to get a win, even though you know in the big picture it won't count down the road? I think when you're in it, you don't think about the fact that it doesn't count. Like we're in a game. You know what I mean? Like even they, even though it's guys on the sideline that are not playing or they played already and they're not dressed, like we're still like mentality wise, we're in a game. So like when you got a bunch of competitors, it's kind of hard to like turn it off, even when you're watching. Like you know what I mean? Like I was I, I did the warm up before the game and I was like antsy, like it's like, so it's like that's it's just that kind of environment when you when you know it's a room full of competitors and you know like hey this is a game and we're in a situation to go down and win we're all tuned in and once that touchdown happens and we it's like we're going through the roof and we're excited watching our guys that you kind of watch grow a little bit over these last few weeks and kind of step into roles and then you watch them go out there and do it it's like oh okay good look good for him good for him. So what's Sunday night be big against the former champs? Yeah, I think anytime you go on the grass and you get a win, it's huge. That's what that's the kind of point I'm trying to make. Like it's it's that just just developing that mentality of like it doesn't matter the situation when we go on the grass. We our mentality is to make sure we win. So like just kind of developing that that identity almost is is we're trying to win every situation, no matter oh this doesn't count or this no we're trying to we're trying to win. What did you make of your offensive lineman that did play kind of each having a chance to blow people up? Yeah, it was good to that? see. It was good to see, like good to see all my young guys get after, guys that you you know just been wanting to see play. You know what I mean? Get to see get to see my boy Paris moving around. Got to see. I want to see Big Mo 
running around knocking some guys around like he did uh, Hayes, 78. Yeah, he did, exactly, yeah. So I would, we really wanted to see that. That's, I just know that to be him as a player, so to watch him finally get to let loose on another team, it was good to see. It was, it was fun watching the young guys though, get after it. Even to get, like, everybody, actually, you know, it was, it was fun. What did you see from a guy like Yelda Perholt on that offensive line? You obviously see him in the meeting room. We also see him here on the field. What do you kind of take away from this game? Big fan of Yelda. I'm a big fan of Yelda. I didn't, uh, I didn't know him at all before he came. Like, we had no... No prior like connection or anything before he came, and he was automatically, you know, what I mean, fit into the room. Uh, no random weird outlier or anything like that. He's a guy like he's one of the guys that want to fall in and just mess dudes up when we get on the field and have a good time after. So it's it's, it's been fun getting to mesh with Yelda. He takes control. He has a good understanding of the office, full understanding of the office. So it's like he's he's taking that that role of like, hey, what he says goes when he's up there with his hand on the ball for sure. Is he one of the few people who can pronounce his last name correctly I, on the team? For who? Yeah, that's just like country. Like I'm probably saying it wrong, and it just naturally comes out right. But yeah, Fro, I call him. I call him Fro. So it's you know what I mean. Kind of just shortens it up. The meanest guy on the line in terms of Mahler and physicality and meanest. Me, just me. I mean, obviously me, but like you know, don't let the smile fool you, man. It's it's definitely me. <laughs> now, um, Will probably probably Will. Will or, or Big Mo, like I said, um, Parrish definitely has a little 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 a hole in him. You know what I mean? He'll t he'll take you to the ground and like lay on you a little bit. So that's I love seeing that from him, and that's his nature too. It's not like we have to jazz him up to do that. That's like who he is. We have to like one one phrase I used to love from BA all the time is that we'd rather say woe than sick him. And like that's that's Paris and Mo. Both of those guys are are woe guys. Like, hey man, just say Will Mo. Paris, hey man, it's, I appreciate it. I mean, that goes without saying. We don't even mean it. It's boring, we gotta say that. <laughs> Watching that two point conversion and the effort it took to get Amari into the end zone, what were you thinking when you were watching that? That was, that, the, honestly, that was, that's like ideal situation for an offensive line. Like you putting us in a position where the game is on us. Obviously, the running back, too, obviously, but like you putting us in a position where the game is on us and we're on the two. And we finna run the ball, and everybody in the stadium know we finna run the ball, and they know, and we knock everybody off the ball into the end zone, and we we pushing and charging for that lap. That's that's I mean, there's no better feeling for when it comes unless you get to catch that, unless you're an old lineman, you get to catch a pass right there and score a touchdown. There's no better feeling for an offensive lineman. You know what I mean? That's that was it was fun to watch. It was just one of those, like I said, one of those things that you kind of when you see that from your team or even from your your third group of, of young guys, like yo, this is this thing is trickling down, and it's it's, it's fun to see. JG talked about bringing the team back here to kind of give you guys a dry run of a, of a regular season week, more or less. Do you, do you get that out of this week a little bit? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Even even all the way down to how they structured it and how every, everybody's definitely approaching it that way. You can tell guys are taking their process serious and, 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 and tempos have changed for sure when it comes to just even around the building and how guys are going throughout their process. You can tell it's, it's been a focused week. So. Does it make you feel any closer to the regular season? Oh, definitely, definitely. Just because you're you're working the the steps, so it's kind of like oh, we're almost forgetting that we're in training camp. Like, hey, why are we doing? It? It's like yeah, we, yeah, we have to do it like this because we're still in camp. It's like oh yeah, forget because you fall in, you kind of fall into that routine. You can, it's kind of what you bank for, what you're waiting for as when you're a player. Is like, I can't wait till we just get in the in the playing mode where we're just this is the schedule. So it's it's, it's definitely uh it's definitely been feeling like it though. What has Elijah brought to the O line room? 
Eli, man, I'm a big fan of Eli because Eli is just, he's trying to, when that ball snap, he's taking off and he's trying to grab a hold of somebody and ball him. If you're going to play guard beside me, that's like one of my favorite traits in, a, in, in my left guard, you know what I mean? And he's, he's a lot, he's super twitchy. He's way twitchier than I thought he was. When I watched him uh, in, in OTAs, I was like, man, is he, I thought he, is he tackle? Is he? And then I, we seen him moving that guard. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I like what's, what's it's going to be a lot of, a lot of twitch going on on the left side. I like I like what's going on. So it's it's been I'm excited to see him get the role with us for get our first time getting snaps together uh, here this here this week. Hopefully, and we you know it'll be it'll be fun to get the roller with him. What's up, my man? Here, man. What, like you, you can't stay away from work, bro. You retired now. You're back. It's, what's up, man? Keep pulling me back. Keep pulling me back, man. Congratulations. When you retire, are you done or are you gonna like come back just halfway? No. No, I, if I, when I retire, I'm gonna take a year off, and I'm gonna come back as like a universal like skill player, like whatever like you know what I mean. Oh, we got a tight end that's down this week. All right, I'm up. We got a pass rusher that's down this week. All right, I'm up. We got a receiver that's down this week. I might be up. You know what I mean? I may be in the fold. So that's that's kind of if I can't do that, then I'm just gonna like hang out in the bushes somewhere. But like that's that's my go-to. But congratulations, man. Retire and now you're a rookie again. So that's that's cool. It's a that's a it's a unique experience, man. It's a unique experience. <laughs> no, real congratulations, man. Congratulations. Talking about Kent Summers and the same uh 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 media um relations, uh or not media relations, I just member of the media uh his phone went off. Um uh, Kent Summers. Uh um I, I kind of forgot that that uh, that he retired until you know obviously uh, DJ said it, and but that moment though you really get a feel for hey guys that have been with a team for a while like DJ and guys that have covered the team for a while like Kent Summers, um, I don't know what he's doing now. What what he brought back maybe Arizona Republic is what he did for the longest time. Maybe he's just now Kent Summers. I don't know. Kent Summers with Kent Summers, <laughs> um, but you know you, you kind of it humanizes it. At least for me, it does. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, but you know it, you felt that that was really genuine from DJ. Say, hey, uh, what are you even doing here? You back? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm back. They keep on bringing me back. Uh, oh okay. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you know, just like it felt. And seems really genuine, and it really humanizes. Hey, they, these are people too, you know. Though you, you, though players will oftentimes get aggravated at the media. They got a job to do, just like the players have a job to do. And uh, when you're a good dude like Kent Summers, you know, I, I think uh, a shout out like that is warranted. So, anyway, um, Kicho Clark has kind of been a little bit of a talk of. Uh, of of camp and so i think this is the first time we get to hear from key trail i could be wrong um but uh without further ado here's Keycho clark you've had high expectations of yourself since you since you walked in but just can you take us through your mindset a little bit of of how this off season has gone and the fact that you you are getting some first team reps and you're in that mix like where's your where are your emotions and your in your head right now knowing that this is possible yeah, definitely. Um, at the end of the day, um, every day that I step in the building, uh, my my ultimate goal is just to be my best self. Um, every single day I step in this building, uh, and, and be able to compete for a spot to play on the field. At, play on the field at the end of the day, 
so, you know, my emotions, they're neutral right now. Of course, I'm excited. Um, I'm in the NFL, you know, it's what I dreamed of since I was a little kid at the end of the day. But, you know, it's still work to be done, too. Um, we're still in the preseason. You know, we haven't reached the, the games that matter yet. So right now in this preseason, I'm just working on my craft um, and continue to just elevate every single day um, and this team for us to come together. Does it, does it help that a guy like Marco got his break right away, too? Have you guys shared thoughts about that? Um, yeah, all of the guys in the room, like, you know, we have some vets in the room. Marco, he's been in the, in the league for a few years now. Uh, you got uh, Ham, me and Ham talk a lot. Uh, just getting a lot from those guys and they just pouring into me and just teaching me the game a little bit more to a level that I didn't know. Um, and, and we just, you know, been feeding to each other as well. So it's been good. Where does your confidence come from? My confidence? <laughs> Since I was a little kid, man, um, I was always the one that was outside playing around. Um, since a, since a little one uh, with the older kids. You know, my uncles, he used to always fight on me and we used to play fight all the time. And I, I gained that that uh, that mindset since I was little. Um, it's been embarked in me from my dad, uh, from my stepfather, um, from, you know, older people in my life. So it's just something that's in me, you know. How much is it, how important is it to kind of showcase your personality and your play? JG has talked about how he wants to see that, but for you specifically, we've seen you on the field dancing and honestly having a lot of fun. So how so, important is that? My main thing is is I go by the mantra, be you. Um, don't be nobody else um, at the end of the day because, man, when I play DB, you know, I got to showcase my, my emotions. I got to be me at the end of the day. So y'all might see me dancing, you know, y'all might see me, you know, during a game, you know, where everybody locked in and super serious, I might be dancing still. That just helps me at the end of the day. It just, it's just a game, you know. We're playing a game, and we got to have fun with it. So that's that's kind of what I go by, just have fun. Gigi kind of said the other day, kind of called you his baby. And <laughs> was, you know, obviously you got the Louisville background. Do you, do you feel a, a kinship with him because of, of the, the parallel tracks? No, definitely. Definitely. Um, <laughs> Even with that, you know, like I said, I told y'all once before, when I came on my top 30 visit, uh, me and JG connected pretty well. Um, and see that landed me right here. Uh, so that connection um, is special. Um, and I appreciate him for, you know, just like you said, calling me his baby. But that's my, that's my guy for sure. What does that mean to you? I mean, deep down. Deep down? It's special. I mean, a lot of head coaches, they don't talk to their players like that, you know. So for him to refer to me as that, that means a whole lot. Um, it makes... JG, the way that he is, makes his players want to go out and run through a wall for him, you know? So that's one thing. Unfortunately, I guarantee you that was not the same sentiment for um, for Cliff Kingsbury. You just didn't get the sense that there were maybe a couple guys, you know, because how hard um, Cliff worked as a coach, I mean, he grinding tape all the time. His biggest issue, though, is well, not the biggest issue, but um, he he just he could not he he could not and cannot be a head coach. Some guys are only uh, a, a coordinator, and and he is one of those. His time management, as far as in game time management, is not good. Um, he he wanted to outsmart you too much. Um. But he would in super early and stayed super late. 
Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, just an absolute um, animal grinding on tape and 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 trying, you know, to become better. It wasn't a lack of try for Cliff Kingsbury. He just he just could not get it done. And so, like I said, because of that, there might have been a couple guys willing to run through the wall. Um, but for Jonathan Gannon, you get the sense that all 90 right now, and then, you know, when it gets cut down to 53, all 53 wants to run through a wall for that, for him. And it's so unfortunate for Cliff Kingsbury and maybe, maybe something he can learn from, but, um, it just that that line. It, uh, that's what immediately what I thought of. As you were teasing you about, you know. Oh, not nah. respect. You know. <laughs> oh, nah, nah, nah. None of that. It's it's nah, nah. Do you, uh, are, you, are you hoping to, to be on the field when Patrick Mahomes is this weekend and get a chance to play some defense against him? That no question. <laughs> no question. I, I can't wait to go out there to be able to compete. Um, Whenever my number is called to be out there, just know that I'm gonna give my all, um, and I'm gonna swag, swag out, and be me. <laughs> what kind of relationship do you have with with Christian Matthew, who obviously is also trying to to earn yeah. that spot? Uh, at the end of the day, it's all love. Um, understand the game. Um, at the end of the day, we all competing uh, for a spot. So me and Chris, is, like me and him, talk. Uh, during camp, was just letting them know, like, bro, I appreciate you because there's never been any hate towards each other. Like, we know that we're making each other better every single day that we step on the field. Uh, and, and that's kind of where we've been at. We still talk about life outside of ball. We still talk about football together. Like, it's, it's, no, it's no hate at all. Control, what are your conversations among rookies like? I mean, you know, some of the guys <laughs> you got drafted with, some yeah. of the other guys that you're out here with? Uh, a lot of it is just basically trying to, how are you, how are we getting adjusted to the program and just getting adjusted to the NFL. Um, and then some some things that we have conversations about is just, you know, just life outside of ball. We've built a great connection with this rookie class. I felt like um, just being that Josh Marriott, he did a great uh, job of, you know, meshing us together and having these uh, rookie one-on-one meetings to be able to bring us along and let us know what to expect in the near future. So that's been great for us as well because I feel like I've, I've been pretty caught up to speed as well. One thing I felt like, I felt like I was being me. Um, if, if I go back to my college tape, uh, that's how I felt. I felt like I was in college again, but I was just on a bigger stage. You know, I was just, I w the moment wasn't too big for me at all, at all. So that's what I continue to just bring every time I step on the field, understand that like I told y'all, it's a game, um, and I'm just – I've been blessed enough to get drafted. I'm, I'm playing with the top 1%. I'm a 1%er as well, so there's no pressure. Yeah, it kind of hit you. You're looking at Jerry Judy and Corliss Sutton. And <laughs> hey, that was crazy. That was crazy. I was like, man, I'm really out here with these boys right now. <laughs> Facts. How beneficial has it been just having a head coach who's played DB? Uh, it's been great because – JG definitely has his hands in everything. Uh, that's one of the smartest guys I've been around uh, just, that just knows the game inside and out. Uh, be able to talk about offense, the details of the positions on the field, and then be able to transition to talk about defense and coverages. And So I never had anything like that. So it's definitely a blessing. Does the, does the diving 
past knockdown? Are you like excited because you make that play? Or are you disappointed you weren't closer to the like? How do how do you kind of evaluate yourself? On that? Hey, look, anytime you touch that football, that's the exciting moment. So I was hyped. <laughs> Studying today's wide receivers. Today's wide receivers. So when I was in college, I would have a whole notebook full of guys. I would have in college, I would have probably all of the. I would probably have like the top two wide receivers from every wide receiver core that I'm going to go against before the season started. Now, right now, I'm in the process of doing that, but preseason is my focus right now. When did you start doing that? When did I start doing that? I say I probably started that my sophomore year when I was at Louisville um, and I kept kept that up and then my junior year is when it when I really like dialed in and was on the studying and that's when I had I felt like I had my best year my junior year because of my studying habits as well. Michael Wilson mentioned that you already got a bunch of notes on him. <laughs> oh facts I have a whole notebook on Michael. <laughs> <laughs>
as far as the eye can see that were parked. <laughs> yes. And they yes. have a brand new ride, a Mickey and Minnie ride. That's pretty cool. Got it. Yeah. So, so it is. How many times did you go on it? Chris? <laughs> if, if the line wasn't so long, I would have gone on many times, but just once. All right. So Clayton Tune, as we said at the end of the show yesterday, uh, Darren Urban dropped a, a story on azcardinals.com that showed an interest that Aaron Rodgers had taken in Clayton Tune. And as Sarah pointed out, it might not have been specific. It might have been part of of a certain program, a welcoming kind of program, but still, uh, to, to vibe with Clayton Tune the way that he did um, was interesting to me. Watching him play on Friday, uh, as I as I said early on, I, I've I've had somebody who knows football really really well predict very big things for this kid mm-hmm. uh, immediately. So um, it, and we'll see, we'll see. This is going to be interesting. If he goes out and puts a really good game on tape against the Chiefs. We might be have we might be have a, having a quarterback controversy between him and Colt McCoy. We might, and then maybe it becomes between him and Kyler Murray. I I want to go back to the the Aaron Rodgers personalized message. All right. So somebody informed me after the show that th- that was through Fanatics, and Aaron Rodgers has this huge autograph deal with you know, like an endorsement deal with with Fanatics. And it didn't. I, it was very laid back, vintage Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's sitting by. It looked like he was sitting by a pool. With sunglasses on, I'm wondering if he didn't have like the Mad Lib script. Like, hey, name, <laughs> it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, that'd be disappointing. <laughs> hope you enjoy your time in place this okay, season. So Love your work so, in. <laughs> so he's sitting by a pool with sunglasses as quarterback of the New York Jets. Who does he think he is, Joe Namath? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the answer is yes. Yes. Okay, that's very possible. This might have been nothing more than just a, an impersonalized personal greeting, if you will. But it, but it seemed to mean something to Clayton Toon, and, and I really like what I saw from the kid. Now, there were a couple of passes in the flat to Rondale Moore that he airmailed that, that he, he can't keep doing that. Yeah, those, are, those are layups for a quarterback. But the rest of the stuff looked really good to me, uh-huh. Vinny. It did. Uh, Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator, spoke yesterday, gave his evaluation of Tune in the first preseason game. It was good. I think, again, you're looking for operation, decision-making, you know, those type of things. I thought he took a lot of steps in the right direction. I think he would tell you there's certainly still stuff he's got to work on and clean up um, in terms of all those areas. And so that's going to kind of be the focus as we jump back on the field today. Yeah, Colt McCoy, too, whom he might be embroiled in this quarterback controversy with, uh, also spoke to the media yesterday. He evaluated Tune and the play of David Blau. I thought he did great. I mean, it's the first time in the NFL, right? Him and David both. They they played, they played great. They were had control of the huddle. Um, you know, again, all those are really unscouted looks. Like you're, you know what we're trying to do on offense, but you don't really know what they're doing, right? And and I thought they did a nice job. I'm sure there's plays that, you know, they want back, but um, it was it was fun to watch them. And you know, we we spend. I mean, I spend more hours with these guys than I do with my family, right? So, you know, you want them to be successful. You want them to do well. And, you know, everybody has each other's back. And that's not just for the quarterback room. That's kind of for everybody. So um, it was fun to to see them go out there and play well. Yeah, a lot of people have yeah. broken this quarterback derby down to, okay, Colt McCoy is a trusted veteran, a guy who's been counted on to start and win games for the Cardinals in the past couple years. So you you know what he is. Yes, there's a little bit of uncertainty with with a new offensive system in place, but there's a very great deal of unknown with Clayton Toon. You break it down and say, what does Clayton Toon have to do 
to be the starting quarterback week one for the Arizona Cardinals in Kyler Murray's absence. He needs to play great. And I know there's a Burns and Gambo promo running right now, and I think Gambo put it pretty succinctly. He's like, okay, he needs to play great football to 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 beat out Colt McCoy. Mm-hmm. Did he play great in game one? No. That's great. too much. It great, wouldn't be great. Great is too strong an adjective. Yep. But that doesn't mean he can't play great yes. and completely outplay him yeah. for the last two well, games. Well, and because I think we all know that that offense with Colt McCoy, even though they managed to get a couple of first downs, it looked very dinky-dunky. Mm-hmm. Very dinky-dunky. Now, I don't know whether that's by design, whether they're protecting Colt McCoy's arm. I don't know if there's a, la- a lack of arm strength. We don't know any of this. But I do know this, that this is a pretty big season for Rondale Moore, Right. Real big season for Rondale Moore. Mm-hmm. He should be a legitimate deep threat for this team. Jonathan Gannon is on the record as saying what? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> on the record saying that. Shots. Pew, pew, yeah. Pew. On the record is saying pew, pew. So if you're really going to pew, pew down the field, you're not, you, you can't pew when you're dinking and dunking. Yeah, last year, Rondell Moore's uh, role was more like pew. Yeah, yeah, it's more like zoom, zoom, zoom. So, so if that's what you're looking for, I, I think that Clayton Toon's got a good shot at this. But again, I, that, that's also reading into Colt McCoy's arm strength, which clearly is something of an issue. Otherwise, they wouldn't be protecting him the way they have been. Look, I, I still think that remains a question, even though he played and started and completed all of his all four of his passes in that one drive that he played. But it's been. It's been a storyline this preseason. What happens when Kyler comes back? Well, that, well, that's that's three active quarterbacks. Well, sure. What happens if Clayton Toon and the Cardinals are three and one at that time? You're shaking your head. No, you don't believe in miracles, Jarrett? No, I don't believe it. That wouldn't matter. It, it's it's it would be like no, uh, I, I agree. With you. What, what's the character's name? The Cowboys that did really well, and then Dak Prescott came back and he was the starter anyway. Ooh. The guy that sounds like a Powerade. Yeah, Cooper but, Rush. Cooper Rush, yeah. yeah but Clayton and that was a whole thing. is more, more quarterback than Cooper Rush. Although they're, both their names are rather annoying. Although Clayton Toon is yeah, kind why, why of is that, nice, why is that annoying No, it's not. It's not. You're right. Cooper Rush, on the other hand, sounds like a yes, flavor of Mountain Dew. When you've got that <laughs> deep down body thirst, reach for a hey, Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep in mind now, this is a brand-new coaching staff that did not draft Kyler Murray. Keep that in mind. So, and a new general manager that didn't draft no, Kyler Murray. No, right. That's that's exactly right. And a new general manager who has not poo-pooed Kyler Murray <laughs> since drafting him. <laughs> <laughs> right. So well, he's not slandered him behind his back. His right. That's right. Yes. right. To make himself and his head coach look better. Yeah. All interesting thoughts. Um, it, it is interesting, you know. I, I get the thing I've been thinking of when, during that is, um, obviously, could Clayton Toon beat out Colt McCoy for the backup? And to answer Jarrett's question. Yes, three quarterbacks. They showed last season that they needed three. Um, in in years past, they've they've only had two um, on the active roster. Um, so yeah, why not? You know, it is one of those. It's like, oh man, if we can only have two, that leaves an extra spot for somewhere else on depth, and and it's a you know a big 
conversation. But uh, as, as it pertains to Clayton Toon, you know, at what point do do we see him um, in a larger role? Say uh, you don't like Kyler, but you do like what you see from Clayton Toon, then it, it throws in the wrinkle of the conversation of uh, do you move on from Kyler and, and go to Caleb Williams or do you not go Caleb Williams and you really like Clayton Toon, someone you drafted, at, of course, at that point of the draft, the you know, in the previous year, and you found him in the fourth round. You didn't have to spend a whole lot. So it becomes even even more of a cost-effective, you know, Clayton Toon versus uh, um, uh, Caleb Williams. You know, you don't have to pay Clayton Toon as much um, immediately as you would a uh, Caleb Williams. Now you would have to pay them both a solid amount um, if uh, they, you know, they are your franchise guy. But right now in the immediate, Clinton Toon definitely is going to be a lot cheaper than um, uh, Caleb Williams. And then again, that's if you move on from Kyler Murray. Um, I think the Cardinals would like um, Toon or uh, Kyler to obviously step up and, and, and kill it and that way you don't have to spend that that pick on uh Caleb Williams and to have some you know to not have to spend it there means you're gonna get a haul for that first round pick for someone to jump up that needs Caleb Williams because you don't. Um there there's a lot for them to think about and um uh you know you have your your uh, if, if I had my druthers, you know, I, I obviously want um, Kyler and or, well, not and, but Kyler or Clayton Toon to um, take the reins if it happens that way. Um, definitely interesting. Go ahead and move on to um, ASU, and that will be up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. ASU had uh, practice yesterday, and of course, uh, Kenny Dillingham spoke to the media uh, post practice. And so, uh, let's see what he has to uh, to say now. Hi. Hey. I thought it was really good. Really good day. Drastically improved from. Uh, from Camp T scrimmage. You know, new cadences were put in on Monday. We kept vari variating them. And, uh, you know, we had three penalties with the first and second group. We had like eight with the threes, which that's obviously got to be significantly cleaned up. But three penalties over a period of eight to nine drives when you include the ones and the twos, you know, that's definitely progress. Not where we want to be, but uh, definitely the direction we're going. Our substitution patterns. On O&D, we treated it like a game, everybody on the same sideline. I thought our coaches did a really nice job with that. Uh, so I saw a lot of a lot of positive out of today's scrimmage. We hit some explosive plays on offense. Our one defense continued to stop people. So it was really, really good.
so far that that's the best overall comments from um Kenny Dillingham. He's been very um critical of um either side of of the ball. Um and to have, you know, a solid amount of penalties for your your threes and 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 whatnot. You know, obviously they're threes for a reason, so it's it's you know, it's to be expected, but you do want it cleaned up. Um, but yeah, up to this point, I mean, very solid high comments uh about uh uh both sides of the ball and, and, and you you know, it's it's been a lot of well the defense has been killing it now that the offense is killing it. And I think overall it's been more defense than offense. And uh to have hear that is is definitely encouraging. It means they're 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 getting it. Um, yeah, although I, you felt like they were kind of getting it a couple of times so far, uh, but but that by far is the strongest. We're about two and a half weeks away from being ready to play. That's about right. We're uh, we got a long way to go still, uh, and it's it's not just the scheme; it's just the overall response. And we're getting better, and we're starting to buy into it. I don't know if I heard. Three people complained today. I don't know if I saw the body language. I don't know if I heard it, which take that two weeks ago when we were in this stadium and it was a complaint fest. Take the, the Camp T and we were complaining. So it shows that the guys are starting to buy in to just do your job, go to the next play and compete. I know it was a quick option turnaround scrimmage. I mean, you said you Yeah, I mean, I got to go back and watch the tape, but obviously, I mean, he forced the ball down the field and we hit big plays. And that's something we've been lacking in fall camp uh, in general in spring ball. And today, you know, we hit. TMF I think Billy. it was. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. I think uh, we hit three big plays, you know, over 40 yards today on offense. And we really had five series with the ones. And I think that group hit three or four. That's winning football at this level in this league. It's, I think Badger had two catches for over 60, uh, 100 and something yards. And, Four series, so I thought that was the, the progress for the offense was the explosive flight. It was really good. You know, that was something we've been working, but we've been working it from them on the sideline, just out of the way. So to be a, a shout out to our grounds crew, there was a, a concert yesterday on the field. They got rid of the stage, got rid of the concert, cleaned the field, mowed the field, painted the field, all so we could get this working in today. So. Shout out to them, shout out to that entire crew because we needed that work not just as players but as a staff. If you notice, I stood on the sideline today because I need work being on the sideline. Right, I'm not going to be behind the quarterback or in the box. So we tried to be as game-like as possible. How's the uh, quarterback battle kind of taking shape still now? Obviously, Drew on the sideline, but Jaden gets some reps. Yeah, it's taken. It's, it's taken shape. Yeah, it's taking shapes. Any updates? No updates, but it's it's taking shape. That's for sure. Different shapes, depending <laughs> on the day, depending on the play. But there are definitely shapes being created. Hey, Coach, what makes BJ so potent? You know, going from you know inside and development over time. You know, to yeah. Where he's at now. When, when he's when he has energy and he's powerful, he's uh, very very dynamic and scary. You know, do you want to comment when you get fatigued? Can of corn, Coach. <laughs> but no, BJ's a, a blessing to coach. I mean, he brings it every day. He's competitive as all get out. He's strong. He's powerful. 
Uh, I'm blessed to be able to coach him. When do you think it's the last day uh, The first Tuesday we prepare for Southern Utah. So when, when we prepare, when I say Tuesday, I mean game week Tuesday. So basically these, think about it as a week before Southern Utah, next Thursday. Yes, a week from Thursday. It's possible we can make a decision sooner than that, but uh, highly unlikely, more than likely, there'd have to be a, a dramatic something that shows up, or if I go back and watch the tape, uh, and, it's, and it'd be drastically different, you know. Now I'm gonna go back and watch the tape, and I'm gonna look at every team rep that every all three of those quarterbacks have taken all fall camp, and I'm gonna watch them, every single one of them. And if I come out of that, and I say, man, there's a clear player, right, then we're gonna name one. If I come out of that and I'm like, man, I'm not quite 100%, then we're gonna wait a few more days and go from there. But hopefully we watch the tape of all of fall camp, put together which guys have scored touchdowns, which guys have created explosive plays, which guys haven't had turnover-worthy plays, uh, and we can put all that together and see which guy's gonna be the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's right, the word trajectory is cracked. He's just gotten better, better, and better every day. And uh, you saw him go out there today, and he, when he's on the field, explosive plays happen. Now, is there a learning curve with him? Yeah. He didn't really get many reps in spring ball because he showed up the day before. Right, he started, didn't earn the right to be with the ones or twos to start full camp. So he started with the threes. But over a period of time, he's grown and gotten better and better and better, and he's earned the reps to be with the ones. He's earned the reps to be with the twos. So it's a matter of watching the tape and seeing are his positives and explosives, do they outweigh the young moments that you're gonna have as a, as a young quarterback? And can us as a staff control those young moments enough to where we can showcase his talents, which is you saw throwing the ball 50, 60 yards down the field. There was all, almost another one that would have been a 75, 80 yard walk off. He be tipped it. So uh, those plays are obviously different when he's in the game. What are those conversations? Obviously, someone will be the starter, but you want to have whoever doesn't get the job have confidence because their number may be called. Yeah, so. honesty. That's how they're going to be. And I hope people respect the honesty of the conversations when that happens. And then at the same token, if there would have been a clear-cut, no-brainer dude, if somebody would have played so bad that he wasn't in the competition, right, they would know about it. So I feel confident putting all three of those guys on the field. Right now, we just got to determine after we watch film which one of the three gives us the best chance to win football games. That's not saying the other two cannot win football games. It's just saying that this guy, in my opinion, gives us the best chance to win football games. Are there any uh, particular players you want to highlight from today? Uh, I think Troy O'Meary's uh, just coming along. He's working really hard. Uh, we got Jake Smith back, which was nice. Uh, Deshaun Mallory is just a dog. You know, you love his mindset, you love his compete, love everything about him, and, and I probably haven't talked enough about Leaf and, uh, and fall camp in general. He was voted to our leadership council. Uh, being brand new here, him and Trey Brown are two new guys that uh, the guys were like, man, these are the leaders, some of the leaders of our football team, and they were both transfers that just showed, showed up, you know, back in January. So those would be guys that I'd want to point out. Thank you. Have a great day. An overall, like I said, great day for ASU. I don't think I heard a, a single negative comment. Uh, 
you know, he's he said he w- they had a lot of complaining previous to this uh, practice. Had a you know a lot of uh, ups and downs. Uh, so uh, that's that's super solid, and and we'll we'll see what happens as they keep on going. You hopefully there's there's not a, a regress, but. Um, like I said, he's been very, very honest with uh, with the media and, and the fans of what he's looking for. Keep on asking the quarterback uh, competition question. Uh, I don't think we're going to get an answer. Um, and even if he does know, he's not going to mention it at all. Um, so it's not something to be super worried about. I think most people kind of would be. They're like, man fact that he doesn't know or he's saying he doesn't know, that has me worried. There's got to be someone stepping up, and I'm sure there is, but like I said, he's not going to really mention it. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, it was quick, ASU, but that's everything I have on ASU. We'll move into a much different conversation than um, I was even anticipating for this show, but uh, one that uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about. Um, and so we'll get into uh, some NBA slash Suns uh, Suns conversation up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. A topic that has been a focus, obviously, this um, off season, but it has been a focus. For a couple off seasons now, um, that that was a right up there with the the play in tournament. Something that the NBA kept on talking about was a, a in season tournament. Well, this is the season that that starts, and as it pertains to the Suns, it's uh, uh, four games against. Uh, um, four different teams and I don't know how in the world it's going to work as as a, as a whole um I don't know if anybody really fully un- understands or you know n- knows how it's going to work um Wolf and Luke get into that conversation but for the Suns it's going to be in November and starting at the 10th uh Lakers at the Suns is game 1 and then the seventeenth, uh, Suns will play the Jazz. Um, and then the twenty-first uh, will be uh, Trailblazers at Suns. And then on the twenty-fourth, Suns at Grizzlies. So those are the opponents for the NBA in-season tournament. Um, there's been conversation of. What's the in-season tournament? How is it going to affect playoff seeding? Is it going to affect playoff seeding? Um, or should it? Or, you know, just so much conversation. And um, Wolf and Luke, like I said, they discuss that. You know, basically, the, the simple question of what is the NBA in-season tournament? All right, this uh, NBA in-season tournament, <laughs> you're going to laugh. I was looking through for, like, any – any. I just want to know why they're doing it. <laughs> and, and the first story that came up was 
experts don't expect the Suns to go very far in the NBA in-season tournament. They don't? Like, based on what? How, how do you know what to expect from anybody? Oh, my gosh. That is crazy right there. It really is because you stop and think about it right now. We, we, we were just talking about the fact that there are five teams, five teams in the league or in the association, I, sh- I should say, that people feel have a legitimate shot. Remember the story we were doing? People have a legitimate. They felt like they they there were five teams that had a legitimate shot of winning an NBA championship, uh-huh. and the Suns were number five in that thing. You went from that to well, it doesn't look like the Suns are going to go very far <laughs> in their turn. I, I'm at a loss. I, I don't. I, I guess. I guess we have to just figure out why the league is doing this in the first place, and, and I think the obvious, the obvious answer that jumps out is load management, right? This is a way for Adam Silver to try and, and combat load management, which I, I approve and I applaud him trying to do that. I just don't know that it's going to make a difference in that regard. But the Suns, the Suns schedule for this came out, and they're going to play the Lakers November 10th. They're going to play the Jazz November 17th. They're going to play the Blazers November 21st. They're going to play the Grizzlies November 24th. That's the schedule. That's it. Yeah. And those games are counting. This is what I was saying earlier. They're basically... They have double meaning because if the Suns beat the Lakers on November 10th, it helps them in the in-season tournament. It also obviously helps them just in the regular season standings too. <laughs> that game counts twice. Yeah, I just but you but you say it helps them in the in-season tournament. Yeah, but I don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> because if I'm if I'm a team that's trying to load manage, uh, I'll just play my players against the Lakers, which I was gonna do anyway, and I'll sit them on. November 14th or whatever, whenever my next game is. I just don't know that it's going to combat load management. I don't know. Like, is this something else for people to bet on? Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I can't imagine they would restructure their schedule for that. I think, and I, and I said this to you in the pre-show meeting, I, I think they want an element of what soccer has with the Champions League. But the, the difference is Champions League soccer, you're playing against other leagues around the world you know what i mean that's actually a bigger deal and it's been going on for years and years yes it's during the season so it's kind of weird with the schedule but this you're just playing the blazers on november 21st you were going to play them anyway yeah you were going to play them anyway and once again the the only the only thing that would actually increase your 82 game schedule would be as if you play the championship game if you if you get to the championship in this tournament and you play that game, you're going to play 83 regular season games. Yep. Which what? Probably you know, means I mean, probably means you're going to sit one of the other regular season games to make up for it. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out right now, I mean, if it had any bearing whatsoever on the postseason, now all of a sudden you got my attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But my understanding is it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And if you get to the championship game. All the players on the winning team make an extra half million dollars. So I can see certainly whenever, what is that? The championship game is December 9th. That game in Vegas, whoever it is, I'm guessing that'll be a pretty hotly contested game because <laughs> you get an extra half million dollars per player if you win. But all the other ones leading up to it are just kind of, yeah, I was going to play this game anyway. And oh, look, somebody's keeping track of it like it's a tournament, too. Yeah, it's just so weird right there because you are. You're keeping track of it, and yet it's it's not consecutively. It's not like you're in a tournament. It's just over the course of this season. 
you're keeping track of it and you're emphasizing one game. I'm wondering how that might actually work in the NFL if that was, you know, what are you doing? You're 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 going to emphasize yeah, this game for, for what reason? You want to do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is what we'll do. We'll, we'll just take all the t- games in the NFL in October and declare a winner of October. You and I can just do it. They don't have to change the schedule. We'll just be like, okay, so and so was two and two in October, but this team was three and one in October. Yeah, okay. We'll I just declare our own right in season champion in football. Okay, and somebody's going to get off to a four and zero start. You know that. No. Somebody's going to they'll win October. Well, okay, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I keep thinking about. Okay, so yeah, somebody's going to get off to an eight and zero start. No. <laughs> no, say, nobody's who's, getting who's off to it. Even the year. Kansas City Chiefs aren't getting off. Nah, to they always throw so one weird. They game do, away. no doubt about it. It's always when I take them in the survivor pool too, and they lose to like the Colts because they can't make a field goal. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of confused right here. It can't be because of load management, and nothing is going to fix load management. Nothing's going to fix that, except an agreement between the NBA and the um, NBA PA. Let me ask you this, okay? Because I, I, like, I'm open to this. I'm not. I'm not trying to shoot it down. I like that the NBA is progressive enough to try new things, and you're not. It's not. There's nothing bad coming from it. I just don't know that it's going to make a huge mark. So let me ask you this, and and I'll ask this to Phoenix Suns fans out there driving around right now too. If the Suns win the in-season tournament, how are you going to feel? <laughs> are you going to have a parade like? I mean, I get you would rather win it than not win it, but is that going to be that big of a deal to you if on December 9th the Phoenix Suns win the NBA, the first ever in-season tournament? How are you going to react around here? Because I... I I would imagine nobody's going to really care, right? Especially with Suns fans who just want the title at this point. Yes, no doubt about it. Didn't they kind of win the regular season, in-season tournament two years ago when they won 64 games? Yes, they did. And, yeah, how did that turn out? Not great, of course. This is yeah, it's championship or bust right now. I think that is the expectation for Suns fans, and I don't think it has anything to do with the in-season tournament. You know, I, I would love to bring somebody on, somebody that used to play the game, that could talk about this. And what would be your reasoning? How, how, what would, would you have any more motivation playing in this tournament? Now, now again, you're talking about half a million dollars, right, if they win? And 200000 if you get to the championship and lose. I, I understand <laughs> the player's motivation for it. I just, even if you're getting players to definitely play in those games, so you cut down on load management that way, they're just going to sit other games. I know. That's, you're just, you're making certain regular season games more valuable, kind of. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's exactly what it is right there. Um, Maybe it's a situation where you're trying to highlight some of those games to make sure coaches don't sit a guy. That might be, you know, because sometimes teams aren't playing well. Let's just take the Portland Trailblazers as an example. Sometimes they're not playing well, and sometimes you want to go ahead and sit maybe a guy in that situation because they're not playing well at a particular point of any season, I guess. I'm trying to make up reasons as I know, to why and I'm trying to follow it. you. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense I, either I th- way. I think, like, when the Suns play the Blazers on November 21st in the in-season tournament, I'm guessing all the stars that are healthy are going to play in that game. But the, the second part of that is if they were trying to load manage and they had to play them on November 21st, 
they're just not going to play them on November 28th when it's just a regular, normal, regular season game. So, again, like I said, I appreciate what they're trying to do if they're trying to eliminate load management. I just don't know that this is going to – it's just going to kind of condense all the games that, that the big names are playing into specific games. You're still going to have the problem at the end of the year where all of your players are playing like 65 games tops, it feels like, except Mikel Bridges, who's going to somehow find a way to play 83 again this year. Well, they alluded to it, but they never hit it. And, and it's simple, Wolf and Luke. It's money-driven. <laughs> yeah, load management, it helps for those certain games, and I will agree with that. It's money-driven. Where they alluded to it is, is betting. And um, people are going to bet on those games. You know, bet while you are, while they are clearly they're already betting on it, and it hasn't even happened. This is first year, and they're saying, uh, well, sons are not going to do well. And so there's obviously guys going to be betting, oh, no, I'm going to say the Suns are going to do well, and I'm going to win a bunch of money. You know, um, it's eyeballs on those games, it, it, you know, which also brings in money. The more, you know, as far as um, media rights deals and revenue sharing and all that, it, it's money-driven. That's exactly what it is. Um, and we shall see as far as every, how, how it affects everything else that, that we're, we're all thinking and wondering and, 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 uh, and questioning, um, as it pertains to Suns fans. Yeah, they're pretty close to, to that, that, you know, I think there's going to be a reaction because it's like, all right, if the Suns win the tournament in, in season, you know, it's that, that you have that, that to your, um, you know, to tag to you forever. Hey, we won the first ever in-season tournament. Do they have it again? Who knows? If it's an every year thing or every other year thing or whatever it might be, or if they, they try it out and, and no one likes it, you know, you still have it tagged to you. Uh, I think, uh, you know, um, some Suns fans will be pretty pretty jacked up about it. I, I think I would. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely championship. Uh, or bust that that is for certain uh before we wrap this whole show up and before definitely this segment um uh deandre Ayton news um deandre Ayton and team Baha- team bahamas are off to a hot start in their quest to qualify for the next olympics Ayton scored 22 points and he was at 11 of 16 from the field uh, 15 boards in 22 minutes um, in the 101 to 89 win over Argentina. Um, impressive scoring. Um, uh, him and Eric Gordon uh, um, are finding Eric Gordon on a, a triple team. Um, let's see what else. Uh, da, da, da. Um, I didn't give stats of Eric and Gordon. Um, from from yes or from Tuesdays, but um, he had 24 points, uh, which was a game high, three assists and uh, one rebound in 24 minutes. Um, let's see, da, 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 trying to think, I think that's uh, about it. So it's just uh, um, a a great uh, kind of you know seeing more. Uh, solid stuff uh, from DeAndre Ayton. Um, and, 
you know, since since back to back, you can kind of argue that um, he it is a concerted effort for Da to change that that narrative that he's uh, trying to change. Um, but uh, anyway, with that, uh, that is everything Suns related. That's everything for the show. I uh, appreciate you guys listening again. Sorry, I, I did not have a Wednesday show, um, but uh, I hope you can under understand the situation. Um, if you want to add anything to the conversation, please, please feel free to do so. Uh, you can shoot me an email, um, Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com. Shoot me a direct message on Facebook and Instagram at Big Sky Sports Talk or um, you can comment on on a uh, on some of the content uh, on social media and you can include uh, TikTok and, and YouTube to that and and uh, along with uh, Instagram and Facebook all of that is at Big Sky Sports Talk please follow and like those those respective uh, pages if you don't mind and uh you know any any chiming in is always encouraged again at big sky sports talk for facebook instagram tiktok and youtube and then big sky sports talk at gmail.com uh if you want to shoot me an email i i uh, look forward to that any any and every time as far as listening to the show um spotify apple google audible iHeartRadio, amazon music Stitcher, just to name a few, plenty of platforms for you to get behind and and listen. Choose your favorite one. You can listen on on all of them, and, or or just a couple of them, or just one of them. That's fine. Um, please, please, not none of them. Uh, obviously, if you're hearing this, then you chose at least one. And I appreciate it for you doing so. That that's fantastic. Um, like, comment share um follow whatever you need to do ring the bell notification on those platforms so that way you know about the show and you can get the word out um until tomorrow i always appreciate you guys listening and i hope you have a good day